Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host, Mads, and I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. If you have, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as it's the simplest way to help out the show. Or find me on social media and tell all your friends about it. This week, I'm joined by psychologist, TV presenter, writer, and expert media commentator, Emma Kenny. Emma is recognised as one of the UK's leading TV psychological experts. She is perhaps best known for her role as resident therapist and agony aunt on ITV's This Morning, where during the fewer phone-in segment of the show, she provides expert advice on a whole range of sensitive issues. A regular voice on the airwaves too, Emma provides expert opinion on many radio stations including BBC, Heart, Magic and many of the popular stations across the globe. Emma is featured on popular podcasts including Russell Brand's Under the Skin and True Geordie. Contributing regularly to editorial for publications including Grazia and Cosmopolitan, Emma's weekly column and on-the-couch therapy sessions are also a popular feature in Closer magazine. Emma has been working with Plenty of Fish on some research aiming to flip the narrative on ghosting so single people can explore the silver lining of ghosting. The research shows that singles save nine days every year from being ghosted, 54% actually welcome being ghosted, singles are using the time to invest in themselves including practicing more self-care and prioritising relationships with family and friends, 56% of people are choosing to reflect positively on the times they've been ghosted and 47% of Brits would raise a toast to their ghost. In this episode, we discuss how mental health impacts our dating experiences, how self-esteem and mental health are intertwined, how handling ghosting appropriately can be seen as a positive tool for self-preservation, communication techniques and strategies, viewing ghosting as an opportunity and how ghosting can be seen as a healthy option. Hello, Emma. Hello, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for jumping on the pod. I'm super excited to chat with you all about ghosting and dating behaviours. But before we do, I was hoping we could chat through the speed date question round so everyone listening can learn a little bit more about you. Okay, cool. Amazing. So first question, I love this question because it can go any direction. What is your favourite pop culture moment ever? I mean, for me, Mm -hmm. probably pop culture is a lot older than it would be for you. So I guess for me on a personal level, it would be like making it always on the guest list of Inspiral Carpets in Manchester, where Manchester uh-huh. was just becoming like the cool Britannia. Yep. So I guess for me, the whole cool Brit- Britannia would be 
But then I used to instantly say that and then think, no, because I did used to go to Affleck's Palace to try to have my hair cut where Johnny Marr went from the Smiths. So I don't oh, know. Sick. But the main thing would be the 90s and 80s, like, booming Manchester, because it's never been the same. So that would be it, yeah. Before it went all hipster. I feel like we're kindred spirits in that. Like, you seem like a rock and roll girly, which yeah. is very much up my street. I'm actually going to a festival on Friday. I'm seeing Sam Fender, Falls. I'm seeing The Killers. I'm seeing 1975. Amazing. And I'm like, Amazing. Oh, I'm just going to be living my oh, life. Oh, is that Leeds or Reading? It's Reading, yeah. So I'm going with a mate from Enemy, which will be so fun. And I'm like, oh, I just want to live my little, like, emo hipster dream. Amazing. I'm so excited. See, I'm mates with Denise Welsh, who's actually the mother of Matty. So it, I always feel like when he and Taylor Smith got together yeah Taylor Swift sorry got Taylor together Swift, yeah, I was yeah. just like what it's so like, crazy. I, I literally texted I was like and now I just feel like I actually know Taylor Swift basically so sorry. funny he's a Manchester boy isn't he yeah he is and he's really really culturally aware he's hilarious and also I watched him on a recent interview about Oasis and was just saying yeah. well, sort it out lads I know. Oh my god, I did see that. Yeah. Do you know what? I feel like my whole TikTok algorithm is just focused around weird stuff that Maddie Healy does. I love I'm it. Like, he's I hilarious, though. I can't tell if what he's doing is all part of a bit, but he knows what he's doing. Like he's, he does. He's but I just think he's viral. like just doesn't have time for the BS. I like yeah. that. I like people who yeah. don't have time for the BS and just says yeah. what he thinks. And I love the fact that I know his yeah. mum, which is just makes me feel a hundred years old. Not that that makes her a hundred years old, <laughs> but you know, you know somebody's kid and like mm. really, you don't know the kid, but you know who they are really well. And yeah. <laughs> they're like a grown adult. And you're like, how do I know anybody who's got a child who's a grown adult? Yeah, I'm still 25 in my head, you know? Oh, mate, same. I mean, I turned 30 the other week and then I actually did my back on Friday. Like, I bent over to fake tear my legs, stood up and fell over and I was like, is this my life now? Like, This does happen. After 30, basically, it's just a hill downwards (laughs) and, like, little slight movements whilst ironing can land you in hospital. That's the reality. It's so bad. And I'm like, okay, well, when I go to Reading, I'm going to have to – I'm not – no moshing. I'm going to be standing at the back. I'm going to be, like – I'm super impressed. Fist bumping. Oh, I'm – really I've been resting so hard so I'm like yeah nothing's gonna stop me living my little no I'm super impressed my my youngest (laughs) son has gone to Leeds so he's at Leeds he's gone for the early entry today so obviously you get the same in Reading but just the other way around and I am very envious very envious of course he's going in the glamping as opposed to the camping because he doesn't want to get his his tent nicked or something because that happens every year whenever I went festivals every year you'd end up without your tent so he's out there now no doubt going to be enjoying what you're enjoying oh how fun I can't wait um you should speak to Denise and try and come on Saturday you can see see Maddie and all his glory (laughs) I should do really I'm really bad at that stuff I don't take advantage of any of my contacts I need to (laughs) listen to you more and do that (laughs) my next question is I'm super buzzing to chat to you about this how did your career as a psychologist lead to working with this morning as the agony aunt sort of progress like how did that start and how did that happen so when I was a kid, I had two main desires. One desire was to write for a magazine called Just 17 that doesn't exist anymore. And the other one was to be an agony aunt on TV. And at the time, obviously, this morning was iconic for that. And I ended up writing for Closer magazine as their agony aunt. And then over the years, from starting in TV, God, like 15, 16 years ago, I started with the BBC I did a 20-parter for the BBC and I didn't understand anything about TV. It was just like a comedy psychology show. 
it was just basically me playing tricks on the public, which was brilliant because like I'm really <laughs> mischievous. So it was the perfect job. But yeah. I didn't really want to be in TV. I'd done some work for somebody on an ethics project, ended up documentary to do with that. I didn't realise people moved around in TV. So I got this opportunity to go and do something a little bit left field. And I thought, you know what? I'm running projects. I'm doing all this kind of really high level psychological, you know, social work as well. It wasn't just psychological. It was to do with like crime and young people who had really difficult lives. And it was great and I loved it. But it's also quite a taxing job, you know, and also the winds aren't that big and that's okay. But it was tough in that respect. So getting to just go and do three months filming in London and basically doing things like pretending I was cutting your hair to get you to say I was a great hairdresser when really I hadn't been cutting your hair or doing your makeup and painting your face red and then getting you to be nice to me because I was just so lovely and you didn't want to complain just to prove these <laughs> psychological things from the past. I did that. And then I just got options. So I got asked to go on. It was then Good Morning TV. So it was back in the day. Then it was Daybreak. And then it became Good Morning Britain. And in between that, because I was working with ITV there, I started to do the phone-in. And that was, I just embedded myself there and was like, well, I'm not going to leave. I don't do it now. I've stopped doing it recently because I'm doing my theatre tour and I've got other things that I do with my time. Mm -hmm. But honestly, they were the two greatest achievements. It's so hilarious when I look back at that. The fact that writing for a magazine is an agony and being on the phone and answering the world's problems in two minutes was like my, this is what I want to achieve in my life. But I've always been one of those people that I don't think necessarily reaching for the stars is for everybody and for me Mm -hmm. I had this comfortable way of just like thinking god that'd be enough to just get that option to be able to do that and having done it yeah it's an incredible privilege really I really really enjoyed those years 13 years I did it in total you know from the very first one through to being contracted with them for a good few years and it's something that I'll go to sleep one day for my last time thinking I'm so glad I managed to do those few things because you also don't realize where those dreams are going to take you you know, you aim for a particular place, you reach it, and then you don't know how that's going to play out. And it's funny because it plays out in a very different way a lot of the time. I've never wanted to be super successful in TV. Actually, I find the whole media area quite challenging, like a lot of people do. But it's something that I think on an iconic level for myself as that little working class kid who really wasn't that great academically at school and all the things that kind of you have to work hard with to get as far as you do. To have got there, I'm like, that's really funny. It makes me giggle now when I look back and think, how did I do it? How did I end up there? And you ask me how, and I just think it's a series of luck and being nice to people. That's the thing. It's all relationships, isn't it? Like yeah, it, with anything, absolutely. it's sort of like, um, and it's not like when people say it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I think that's true to an extent, but then it's also like you could know everyone. You can be an absolute <laughs> assholes and it's like, well, that's not going to get you anywhere, is it? It's like, it's about building those relationships and making connections with people. And also like on a personal level, not just yeah. like, not just like a, you know, a fake networky kind of level. Like if you're actually can connect with people then that's yeah. like having charisma is such a massive massive gives well, you a massive step up I think in the media it's absolutely who you know if you're not very good but it's yeah what you know otherwise yeah and 100%. what you do with that so I do think there are two skills so there's mm-hmm. definitely that kind of more mm-hmm. narcissistic nepotism side of it mm-hmm. and then there's the actually people who are talented and mm-hmm. I know which side I'd rather be on Sure. <laughs> that makes sense. You mentioned in there that you felt that that was some of your greatest achievements, but what what else would you say is your greatest achievements? Like just in life in general, like speaking beyond career. 
Oh, my children are my greatest achievement, full stop. So there's nothing that compares to my children. Like, it was definitely the best thing I ever did. They made me a much better human being. And hands down, if there was only one thing I could do with my life, I'd be a mother. And so you've I'm, recently just had another baby. I know. Congratulations. I've had Etta Blue. She's amazing. So that took ages, though. Like, my boys were both fertility babies, but they were fertility drugs babies no way. which made it easier but then the other has been IVF and then that's been lots of miscarriages and lots of failed situations I'm there sorry. which happens a lot well you know what at least it exists you don't always yeah. get a great outcome in life and that's okay so she's just the most profound little gift oh. and I'm getting to do it all again so obviously like I feel 23 now because Amazing. I just think to myself I've got all the fun to come yeah but it's been a massive blessing and yeah I hid my pregnancy the entire time because I was too scared to let anybody know in case it went wrong again so I literally did go into labor yeah two weeks early just after I'd finished my tour for the summer and genuinely at the end of it was like oh my sister said you can't keep her a secret anymore because you're gonna have her with you and it was the first time I'd kind of acknowledged it because she was here so mm-hmm. I'm very, very lucky. But that's my best achievement. My greatest achievement is that. And then I would say anything of my mental health work. I'm patron and ambassador yeah. of two different charities. So that matters. And I'm quite hands-on. So I'm not somebody who puts my name to things. I kind of do the work as well. So mental health is a big area for me. And it always will yeah. be from career to personal. So it's really, really big part of my life. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's it, you've had such an amazing career. Um, What's something that you've you've recently learned to do or what's something new that you've learned that you you didn't know before because I feel like when you have such a broad career like you do and so many so much experience and you're working with loads of different people all the time there's always opportunities to learn new stuff and like we were saying earlier TikTok I feel like is just teaching you all this stuff all the time so yeah what's something new that you've learned? I mean I genuinely go through life thinking I know nothing and I like that I don't yeah. think I'm an expert at anything. I think I'm constantly learning and constantly growing. And I think that when you let go of ego, that's a really powerful experience to think I'm just basically a primary school student my entire life. You know, everything mm-hmm. I'm in wonder at, you know, I got a bread making machine. I'm in wonder at it because it takes so much less time and I just throw things in. The learning yeah. and growing is different directions. So some of it is like I was just making a joke about the bread making machine, but it's good because it teaches you a shortcut that everything doesn't have to be too difficult in life. And mm-hmm. then on the bigger spectrum, I guess standing on a theatre in front of a few thousand people doing a show, which is something that is totally left field for me and out of my comfort zone, but then realising that sometimes those opportunities you're invited to are things that help to remind you that just as you don't know very much about the world, you also don't know that much about yourself. And because in therapeutic world, which is the one I come from, we're constantly talking about self-actualization. And self-actualization is basically that constant working towards the full knowledge of who we are. And I kind of think that that's ego-led as well, because at the end of the day, what it's confirmed is that even though I think I know myself and even though we've spent a lot of years developing that and going to clinical supervision with your therapeutic practice and working with Mm. lots of clients and working yourself, really when it comes down to it, you know very little about who you are. And the more Mm -hmm. that you put yourself into situations that are deeply uncomfortable, often the more you realise that it's the idea of discomfort that prevents us from doing things of meaning Mm. as opposed to the actual experience of placing yourself and building up a tolerance to that. So they're the extremes. On one, a bread maker, which is talking about <laughs> shortcuts. And on yeah. the second, really put himself in a position of fear 
Yeah. Because you do things because at the time you're presented with opportunities that sometimes come from hardship. Mm-hmm. And certainly for me, I think that during COVID and all the things associated with that, mm. I had to make some really difficult decisions and those difficult mm. decisions led to some real positive outcomes. So again, mm. like I say, it's been a culmination in the past few years of a great deal of new knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think surprises me every single day, just like I said, how little I knew. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, as we learn about ourselves, as we get older and move through life and, you know, do you think that it's ever possible to be completely self-aware and completely removed no, from not a chance. like Just your own ego or do you up. think it's because that you know we're, we're always changing that there's yeah. always something new to learn because you're a new person every day yeah I think everybody should give up the idea that they're going to know themselves and it deeply concerns yeah. me when somebody says I really know myself because I'm like you aren't even like, touching no, you the surface you know and that's a great yeah. thing but I also think there's a massive pressure and I think particularly mm. on women to Mm. act like they've got everything together. And I think Mm -hmm. that in Western society as well, there's a big emphasis on this is success, this is failure, this is what things are meant Mm. to look like. And letting go of those is the most powerfully helpful situation that you can bring yourself towards. Because when you finally Mm. can just acknowledge that, first of all, you're never going to know very much about anything. And Mm -hmm. isn't that the beauty of being alive? Like there's a finite time period on this earth, on this planet, but you've Mm. got to be here within that finite period. And the breath of consciousness is a blink of an eye. You're here and you're gone and you'll be forgotten. And it's a beautiful vulnerability that you're going to be forgotten. Not initially, people will remember you and love you and think Mm. about you. But, you know, three generations down the line, you're not even going to be somebody on picture or a mental picture and gone. And I think that that's really beautiful because it teaches you that just like your knowledge is ever changing and growing, we're all ever changing Mm -hmm. and growing. I think that you can work hard to know as much about yourself as you have the time to learn. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But I also think that that pressure to know the self, to know who we are, to Mm -hmm. know what we want. Well, I don't want what I wanted five years ago now. Mm -hmm. I used to think that being on the phone in and this morning was like the pinnacle of my career like that could never get better and now it's just something that I don't even consider an interest of mine yeah because I have different interests but if you'd firmly asked me then I'd have been like this is it yeah and I also think that once you let go of that desire to try to find the this is it and instead of just like Mm -hmm. an ever-evolving motion of just acceptance and also Mm -hmm. suffering and all the things that go hand in hand with life then you stop Mm trying to put emphasis on stuff as opposed to mm-hmm. on experience. Stuff yeah. is kind of really transient, isn't it? Experience is something that's really beautiful and profound. It stays with you. Yeah. Yeah. I loved what you said there. It was kind of like the yin and yang idea that nothing is 100% bad and nothing's 100% good. Right. And you can, you can look at like the two sides of one coin with um with any experience. Like I suppose the whole like no one's going to remember you um, – ideology yeah. is like you could that can scare you or it can just be like oh great doesn't matter yeah, like that I did that it. embarrassing weird thing yesterday right. like no one is gonna care so so true that's yeah. exactly it that's that is the beauty of it the beauty of it is yeah. why do I get so strung up and hung up on these things yeah that essentially no one's gonna care about and it will have a little zero impact on the world and it's so sad that I think that we're brought up with this philosophy of mm-hmm. caring deeply about what other people think as opposed mm-hmm. to caring profoundly about what we experience and what our lives become, you know? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like you can, if you lean too much into the nihilism side of things, you yeah. can get quite depressed as well. Right, it's like, right. Oh, God, nothing matters. Like, why am I, I may as well just lay in bed all day and do absolutely nothing. But it's like finding that balance, you know, That's finding right. like walking that tightrope of the yin and yang. And yeah. um, that leads us nicely into um, what we're going to speak about later in regards to flipping flipping the the narrative on ghosting. ghosting. Before, we, before we get into that, I would love to know... What is your funniest date story? Because I bet you've got some rippers. Do you know, I've had the funniest one yeah. is a toss-up, but I guess I'd go for, uh-huh. I used to be a hunt sab, which is I'm really into animal rights. So a hunt sab is somebody who used to disrupt the hunt when they used to have legal hunts, right? Okay. So I would go out with a group of animal rights, peaceful protests, very peaceful protests. Oh, wow. And we would basically wreck the hunt. We wouldn't allow the fox to get caught. And this particular okay. day, this van opened up because it was very like, you know, you met at certain places, you met other groups of stabs and things. And this like van opened up and this guy, well, and I just remember thinking, well, he's gorgeous. And anyway, oh. we kind of like connected on that particular day and got on. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this could be the man who I marry one day. You know, I was only like 21, but I was like, this yeah. is it. You know, this is that moment. This He's tall, dark, handsome, really rough. I like a rough and ready looking guy, really tall and all that. And then um, he kind of invited me out on a date that evening. And yeah. I thought, this is it. This is it. It's brilliant. Yeah. And there were a few things that on that date kind of started to go wrong. Like, first of all, he cleaned himself up considerably and didn't really look like the guy that I'd met oh, no. in the fact that he wore very grown-up clothes, which freaked me out. But then <laughs> grown secondly, up, what's grown-up clothes? Just what does that mean? Like very coordinated. There was oh, no. quite a lot of beige. That's one of the things I remember. <laughs> and that's not what he looked like in his army pants and his massive okay. mod jacket. And then mm-hmm. the date, which obviously... I'm not hoping for masses. I'm only 21 at the time. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm thinking your husband material will probably go, I don't know, to some fast food restaurant. That'll be okay. You know, yeah. it'll be fine. You're 21. It's a vibe. He took me to a games arcade. Oh. As in like <laughs> genuinely, like at the end of a peer games arcade. And that I was trying to fundamentally rationalize was still okay. Because, uh-huh. you know, games have two player, but not yeah. the one he played all night. That just had Stop. one player. I literally stood What, you watched him play a game? I watched this guy play a game all night. (laughs) And I think that looking back, there was still something about my desire for perseverance. I did carry on seeing him for a short period afterwards before leaving the country. I did leave the country after that and went travelling for a while and didn't respond to any of his letters. But the point was, you know when you kind of like, there it was, the universe providing this perfect mm-hmm. male speech specimen, you know, gorgeous, really beautiful to look at, looked mm-hmm. exactly as I imagined in that rough and ready moment, and then just decayed throughout yeah. the experience. And oh, I mean, I've always fundamentally grace. hated game playing, to be honest. Yeah. And that, I think, is probably where the aversion really began. Yeah. Oh. Wow. So that was not great. That was not a great experience. Not a great one, but at least it's all worked out now. Well, got... it has, but I'm still <laughs> quite disappointed that yeah. that didn't end up being the incredible story it would have been had the ending been a better one. You know, the, the one the that got away. swung open, the man of my dreams was there, and it all worked out beautifully, and here's our seven children. But oh. no, 
never mind. It never does. No! So that leads me really well into um, our discussion about ghosting. And um, you've been working really closely with Plenty of Fish, um, all about ghosting and doing some research there. Traditionally, people view ghosting as quite a negative behavior when dating. But could you share some examples of where you would say that ghosting can actually be a positive a positive behavior when it comes to dating? Yeah, like you said, I think one of the big things that worries people about dating is ghosting. And I think mm-hmm. it is still a really prevalent behavior, don't get me wrong. I think it's one of the mm-hmm. dating nastiest to some degree. But I actually find ghosting really helpful for lots of reasons. So mm-hmm. first of all, I do think that people need shortcuts to understand the kind of individual they're connecting with. If somebody isn't brave enough to have a conversation with you or to keep in contact with you to a point where they no longer wish to have that contact and to let you know about that, that's an absolute shortcut to your time not being wasted. So for me, cutting that kind of relationship means you're one stage closer to the person you're going to end up with. So essentially, they have stopped wasting your time. And I Mm -hmm. cannot for the moment in my head work out why anybody would want their time wasted more. Yes, it might feel a little bit painful or hurtful initially. But first of all, you get used to that. So, you Mm -hmm. know, you grow a real resilience to pain. You're like, oh, there you go. That's happened again. Yeah. And instead of internalizing it and being like, what have I done wrong? It's more of going to yourself. Well, Mm -hmm. these things happen. That person's not for me. I wouldn't want somebody with that personality in my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. The same is when you do do some internal gazing. So let's just say you do get ghosted and you think to yourself, Mm -hmm. okay, well, this has happened a few times now. What can I learn from that? So sometimes Mm -hmm. you can reflect and say, well, maybe I need to think about the fact that I give too much initially and I can hold back and that's okay. Maybe I should make them do more work. Again, that's positive Mm -hmm. because you're kind of reframing the situation. And I Mm -hmm. think that ghosting very much is about an opportunity to say to yourself, what do I expect and what do I deserve in relationships? And nobody deserves to be treated like that. And nobody wishes to be with a coward. And that's mm-hmm. what ghosting is. Essentially, mm-hmm. it's either to do with being very rude, no one wants to be with a rude person, or it's to do with being a coward and I can't have grown up conversations. So who wants mm-hmm. to date that kind of individual anyway? So ghosting yeah. is positive because essentially it shows you a shortcut into the actual reality of somebody's willingness to act in a way that's mm-hmm. totally unfair. And mm-hmm. that would be positive to use to your advantage. The same yeah. as even when it comes down to your own connections, when you get into the situation of talking to a new person, a new partner who's potentially going to be in your life, you mm. should be having those conversations early on and saying, you know, that you don't want them to ghost you. You'd rather have mm. that difficult conversation. You can use it to your advantage, use it as collateral, as opposed mm-hmm. to being afraid. So many people are so scared that they're the person that's done something wrong and that's why that person's mm. no longer chatting to them. But the truth is, people of a certain nature will just do things without considering your feelings it's Mm -hmm. not a you thing it's definitely a them thing one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, and when you can realize those red flags early on, like you said, it just saves you time. Like if you can recognize and learn to recognize those behaviors early on, then I suppose it helps you on your journey to finding what it is you're looking for in your dating life. Yeah, and also if you are somebody who has got ghosted and you feel really in pain because of that, then that's Mm. giving you some real insight into needing to work on your own feelings and having a bit Mm. of time and space for you. Like the Mm. truth is these days we've never had a better digital landscape. That's honestly the position that we're in. You have access to people all over the UK, all over the world if you want it. You can have these conversations, you can grow your insight into other relationships, you can connect with people in so many different ways and that is amazing. But the cost of that is sometimes the consequence of feeling bruised. Now, if you feel consistently bruised and you're not working on that, that's a little bit of a push and message that you need to work on your confidence and you need to figure out strategies so that you can soothe that pain. So I also Mm -hmm. think that when you're having the negative effects of ghosting and you're actually feeling that and it's painful, that's another message to you that's positive because it's saying Mm -hmm. to you, okay, like what needs to change about you and your psyche so that Mm. you can handle this very at times disposable world And Mm -hmm. once you've mastered that, return to it in a way that means that you're more resilient and more capable of dealing with the pain. Because the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune will exist no matter what. And And I think there's some really good insights on self-esteem and mental health um, there that you just shared. Could you share any more about how self-esteem and mental health are intertwined and how those things can affect our dating choices? I mean, I think that self-esteem and having a positive self-esteem and self-worth, self-value, they are integral to every experience in our life. So a relationship is always about what you're willing to put up with. Some people get really lucky and people do get lucky. They meet the most incredible human beings who treat them like glass their entire life and raise them up and protect them and do all these things. And they've just had the look of the job. But for most mere mortals, we give out an energy And that energy is going to be received by others and reflected. So if we are walking around feeling terrible about who we are, feeling unattractive, not being our best, most positive talk to, you know, talk soothsayer, I suppose, and our most confidence coach, the problem is that we're going to end up having that reflected. So if you are relating to yourself badly, then other people will likely reflect to you in a way that is less than they would to somebody who felt fantastic about themselves. We create boundaries 
Mm-hmm. And those boundaries, people will break and breach and there'll be consequences or we'll accept it because we feel terrible about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So working on your self-esteem, realizing that every single person is a masterpiece, it kind of blows my mind a little bit that people don't connect with that. Like every single human being is a fingerprint and mother nature is pretty impressive. You know, you just have to look around you and think, look at how our whole world, our ecosystem works, how we all live together quite harmoniously. And then imagine that every single one of us was given a fingerprint. It's individual and unique. That's not because we're meant to be like the next person. It's not meant to be that we're in competition with the next person. It's that we are totally brilliant at being ourselves. So I think that when we talk about self-esteem and self-growth and development, the more that we can focus in on amplifying our positives and amplifying what we desire and demand and feeling unashamed and unapologetic about having those needs and wants and desires and looking at ourselves, like I said, as that masterpiece, then suddenly it's less scary to be who we are. And it's also more acceptable to be demanding of what we want. So I would argue that where self-esteem and value comes into play is that if you have a negative self-image, if you have a negative self-belief system, then expect others to reinforce that because they're not going to do anything to increase your levels of self-esteem. That's for Mm -hmm. you to do, but they may well accept the level that you're projecting and treat you accordingly to that projection. And that's something that we don't want to do. And I think in saying all of that, it's as though we can view ghosting when it's handled appropriately as more of a positive tool for self-preservation when it comes to things like dating and relationships. And so was there any strategies or communication techniques that you think can help reduce the negative impact of ghosting and ways that people can approach it in a healthier way and sort of view view those experiences in a positive way to help with self, self-preservation? self I mean, first of all, it's really difficult in life when people say, don't take it personally. Because you're like, well, it's about me. They're ghosting me. And it's like, no, but don't take it personally because statistically Mm. a huge amount of people are ghosted. So Mm -hmm. it isn't a you thing. It's definitely a them thing. It's a poor way of dealing with a situation that they can't confront or deal with. Mm -hmm. Secondly, don't amplify it because you may Mm -hmm. think they ghosted you for 150 reasons, but actually they just ghosted you because they were speaking to a few other people and actually... They're not really that bothered about dating right now. So you build a story that's false. It's based mm-hmm. on something you've created in your head. So mm. change that and be like, oh, it's just something moving on, moving forward, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, if you can feel that it's affecting your mental health and well-being, it's okay to take a break. Obviously, you're not going to do that permanently. Mm-hmm. Seeking a soulmate is a really virtuous thing to do. It's a mm-hmm. good thing to do. But sometimes you'll need a little bit of space and time to just kind of debrief and go mm-hmm. and vent to your friends because this is where our friends come in to mm-hmm. remind us of how great we are yeah. and equally to remind us of how terrible they are and that <laughs> could be really healthy and really helpful and yeah. don't be embarrassed that's another thing that I think really affects people with mental health mm. don't be ashamed when somebody does to you what they've done to everybody else everybody mm-hmm. has a story like this mm-hmm. you know you may think that it's only happening to you but the more you're able to just have those conversations mm. and honestly own the fact that this stuff happens the more it becomes less of a big deal and more yes. of a dating deal and that's oh my god 100 okay. and I think that's what I love the most about having a podcast where I get to speak to people like you and have these open and honest conversations about stuff that people 
especially in the past, have found quite challenging. And I think there's so many cool women and people out there having these honest conversations and encouraging others to do the same. Like I've received messages from listeners and hi, if you're out there listening, um, (laughs) saying, you know, I I was always really ashamed of this certain thing that happened to me, but now I can see the funny side thanks to your podcast or I can see, you know, I've I've shared it with people at dinner parties now because it it, it is just like, it's like if you can poke fun at yourself or at least look at things objectively and be like, you know what? that actually was like it might be a source of shame but also like those stories are the pinnacle of humor like yeah they're like so unique and so funny and it doesn't have to just be about comedy and humor it can also just be about human connection and if you're talking to the girls and being like oh my god I rang this guy 10 times last night I don't know what happened to me then they're all like mate same like I did that too you know so I think open and honest conversations can really can really help us create an understanding culture when it comes to dating. Absolutely, 100%. And also mm. just that sense of often the thing about expressing a feeling and just having that conversation with somebody and being real about something happening to you is, mm-hmm. like you said, it gives other people permission to do the same. But also it really helps to recalibrate the way that you feel. It kind of mm. desensitizes you to it. The more you tell a story, the less the story has power, if that makes sense. So true, it halves every time they it say. Really like if does. you tell someone about your grief or, you know, a bad experience, yeah. it halves each time and then it just becomes part of your fabric. Yeah, yeah, it's who you and, are. Yeah, And also I think that, you know, with the ghosting situation in particular, it's one of those things that everybody relates to because it, it doesn't have to just be in dating. It's happened somewhere at some point to every single one of us. Job interviews, just, like, oh you God. know, yeah, recruited absolutely. ever gets back to you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that thing about rejection teaches you to be stronger yes. and be more accepting. I mean, it really mm-hmm. does. I just find mm-hmm. them. I don't think you learn a lot of things in the good times. Mm-hmm. I kind of think when things are a struggle – that's a really good lesson. And also I think that mm. looking for your soulmate mm. and this is what people are doing and that's why it feels so big sometimes. You know, that's why plenty of fish exist because mm-hmm. people are genuinely invested in finding somebody of great meaning. So mm-hmm. the pursuit, and this is what kind of annoys me sometimes about people's perspectives because mm. it can seem trite. It can seem just part of the natural course of nature in the Mm. modern day to use the internet and to use digital dating and stuff. But actually when you draw back from that and you think, what is this about? Mm -hmm. You know, for most people who do it, it's about the pursuit of love. It's about the pursuit Mm. of commitment. It's about like a human truth. Like it's a human thing to want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most important role you're ever gonna interview mm-hmm. for and that is how we should see it you know mm-hmm. it's the biggest yeah. role that anyone's gonna play in our life and I think that when people are surprised about the investment and the sadness and the joy mm-hmm. that people feel that's interlinked with this to me it just makes perfect sense because you genuinely are seeking something both spiritual emotional psychological meaning mm-hmm. and it's profound and physical so it's really because it, like when it comes to sex and stuff it's like it, it encompasses every Huge. part of who you are you know and that's not to say that you can't be whole on your own but it's like adding to every aspect of your life you know I think I think you can be whole on your own you can yeah absolutely but you can also feel that life is a journey and yeah. that journey is often better shared it really mm-hmm. is like every piece mm-hmm. of literature that we've got states that yeah. you know there is nothing yep. bad about if you want to spend your life by yourself great whatever works for you yep. but that's not really how humans are built and it's certainly not what the literature tells us in research you know what we know is that when you work solidly on a relationship and you're committed and it's lo- lasting a long time you're going to be happy 
and happier it doesn't mean it doesn't come in acts conflict of course it does that's just life yeah. isn't it <laughs> like that's why the ghosting thing is painful to some degree it's like yeah because people have set up set on a journey yeah and you make up a future for yourself right where you see it going and stuff and then when that falls through it's like being broken up yeah. with when you see yeah. a future in your head and then you're like whoop the rug's been ripped out like from underneath yeah. you but I love you know one of the things that I love as well that I think mm. is a positive is that because of that feeling you know when people are like oh that really hurts that's bruised me mm. that's because secretly beneath all the insecurity beneath some of the problems of self-esteem there is a bit of you that's like I'm awesome yeah and you should not ghost me <laughs> and it's almost like we should You're be able lost. to amplify yes. that part of ourselves because what we're saying when we're feeling hurt and a bit broken is you have no idea who I really am and you yeah, are like you're missing chance. out right and that's yeah. really important to amplify as well so yeah. I definitely think that even within people who really struggle with yeah. the confidence there's a little bit of them in there that's like definitely. I'm so otherwise awesome. you would otherwise you would just roll over and be right. like yeah fair enough of course yeah. but when you're when you're pissed off you're sort of like well yeah it's because I yeah. am great and then that's it's like right. that little that little fire inside you that is like fighting fighting for you exactly. and like knows that you're worth it so yeah that's such an awesome point <laughs> and um working with plenty of fish and in your work as a psychologist can you share any success stories where people have used ghosting as an opportunity for personal growth or dating experiences I mean, pretty much anybody who's ever come to therapy to look at confidence, mm. relationship work, okay. even even couple work, because often mm. we carry the scars from our past into our future. Yes, it's always absolutely. involving yes. a sense of ghosting, mm-hmm. abandonment, a sense of being left behind, a sense of not being valued, a sense of not being cherished. So I think that mm. a big component of our work in therapy is always relational. And that's partly to do Mm. with the self. You know, how do I feel about me? And what is it about me that makes me believe that that person who abandoned me or rejected me or didn't have Mm. time for me in the long term, is it because really I'm this terrible human being or is it that they've Mm. seen something within me that's broken? And actually my job is to help them realise that they're absolutely enough as they are and that Mm. those experiences that they've had the fractures they've created, it's scar tissue, it heals in a more strong way. And if you work through yeah. it and work towards something greater, mm-hmm. then arguably it's had its part in your life. And I'm a big believer in teaching my clients that suffering is really potent and suffering mm-hmm. is really integral and essential. And the more you can kind of welcome it as opposed to reject it, the mm-hmm. more you're able to process it. Because there are no good experiences, there are no bad experiences, there are just experiences that we apply a notion of belief to. The black so and white, like what we spoke about before. Right, the, that's it. The yin and the yang, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a deconstruction of those feelings yeah. as opposed to the attaching the feelings and letting them be carried. But yeah. every single client has had abandonment issues and every single mm. client has felt hurt. It's a part of down. life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the difference is, as opposed to them holding on to it, it's about mm. teaching them to let go. And, yeah. and we use that, again, that's a trite way of stating something that's really profound because mm-hmm. I think we say the words let go all the time. Let go of it. And, like, no mm. one gives you the A to B with that. Well, what does that mean? And what the tools to do that, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, I'd like to let go of it because it feels really <laughs> awful, but I don't know yeah. how to because it seems to be stuck in me. And you're like, it's really heavy. I want to put yeah, it down. Yeah, like, like, I feel where sick do I put it? when I think about it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of helping people to deconstruct that. Mm. and to rethink what that means and why it sits there and usually it's an emotional prompt it's taking you somewhere great so Mm -hmm. you just have to listen to whatever it's teaching you 
Like mm-hmm. the classic situation is, you know, when you're afraid, you don't, you're not really being taught to be afraid, are you? You're being taught to be courageous. To be brave. You're being taught to be brave, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. all those, it's emotional prompts are always that when you're angry, you're being taught to be soothed and calm. But often we hold on to mm. those attachments as opposed to letting them go. But I love time, that so much. I've never heard anyone put it so eloquently, like when you're when you're angry, you're learning to be calm because, because that's yeah. how you learn by having those experiences and then you know having to push against that and like yeah. swim against the current when it comes to those things because otherwise you're just can get swept away that's so, yeah. yeah that's a really really great way to put it and as a psychologist how do you differentiate between ghosting as a self-protective measure and ghosting as a more avoidant behavior so I guess this is sort of if if someone listening is doing the ghosting yeah like, I'm not gonna lie I'm I have definitely ghosted people in the past and I've been ghosted you know it doesn't feel great to do either of those things but when does it come when does it present itself as more of a self-preservation self-protective measure when it's you doing the ghosting I think first of all ghosting comes down to somebody feeling that they haven't got the skills needed to have a difficult conversation so that is one of the main reasons and if you don't have the skills to have a difficult conversation the chances are unless you just are very rude because there are a component of people who are just really rude and don't really care about somebody else's feelings. Yeah. But for those who feel awkward and like it's difficult and you're going to hurt somebody and you want to avoid it, that usually comes from that place of insecurity within the self. It's a sense of, I don't have the confidence to say what I feel. I feel like it's going to be difficult when I say it. I feel like I'm going to hurt somebody. So what I'd rather do is hurt them without seeing the hurt. But actually you know it and you're feeling it and you're not growing, you're hiding. So it depends what kind of spectrum on that you are. It could be that whenever you get into a situation where you start getting close to somebody, you get those difficult feelings where you're like, oh, this might turn into something of meaning and I don't know whether I'm ready for that meaning. So as opposed to seeing it through, you'll just ghost them because you started to have challenging experiences on a feelings level. Then there is the other side of it, which is actually every time I get into a situation where somebody seems to be, I don't know, coming on a little bit too strong, getting to that point where they actually want to meet me. Mm. That's when I'm kind of turning it down and mm-hmm. removing them. Mm. Again, that would say, so commitment issues or mm. starting to feel a little bit like things are getting real and you're not mm. necessarily in a place and zone where you really want that relationship or you might be, but you're not going to allow yourself to get to that position. So those are reasons why you might fundamentally ghost. I think when it becomes a little bit more like pathological and you're just avoiding it full stop, mm-hmm. maybe it's to do with the fact that you're not ready to date. Mm. What you are wanting to do is have validation and value off another human being. Mm-hmm. So essentially you get into a habit of connecting and communicating. You enjoy the experience, but then when it moves to something that could have meaning, you want to run a million miles away because you're not doing it today. You're doing it mm. just to validate who you are and the fact that you're attractive and the fact that people are interested in you and the fact that you can have but that you don't really want. And so because they're all kind of things that are about you, you don't think about necessarily the impact on them. You just want to run in the direction that means that you can get far away from them and get away from the awkwardness of the situation feeling. And I guess if you're someone that does ghost people or has ghost people in the past, it's a good opportunity for self-reflection and it's a good a good opportunity to take a look and um, find a deeper meaning for why you might be doing those things, which is, you know, could be to do with any of the things you've just you've just. And it can also about. be that you just don't like the person that you're chatting to. Yeah. But you should <laughs> so still true. have that conversation because there have been situations in life where somebody will be 
getting on with you and then they'll say something that you just like I mean I remember I went on one kind of blind date and within the first 10 minutes something he said it was just so inappropriate and it was something really from the 1980s that's all I can say it was homophobic and yeah he had no idea about my own family had no idea about who I was and I was like yeah this is so wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And I ended up kind of afterwards when he got in touch with me and wanted to have another date, just saying to him that the only thing we had in common was that we had kids that went to gymnastics because genuinely that was true. But yeah. it was like, I needed to like let him know he wanted another date. And I was like, how are you so not connected in this world? To yeah, it got deluded, yeah. Right, but mm. if I ghosted him, Mm-hmm. he would never have realized that what he said was inappropriate mm-hmm. and then he might have done that again so I also think that when you ghost someone because they annoy you you should tell them and it's yeah. not because they have to take it on they can be like well she's a dick but you know yeah. at least if you tell them they may not fall in the same hole the next time because people do repeat patterns you know people mm-hmm. do things and say things that are stupid and yeah. offensive and a lot yeah. of people don't pick them up and actually I'm sure that he probably wasn't some horrendous human being. The comment that he made came from an ill-informed, ill-judged place. But Mm. I needed to express that because he Mm -hmm. should definitely not say that to anybody again. So I think you also don't help the person that might be a bit of an arse Mm -hmm. when you don't let them know. So ghosting, it's avoidant. It tends to be because you don't have the courage or that you have a lack of care. But the mm-hmm. other big thing is that you don't want that difficult conversation with somebody who's offended you. It's like, just tell them the truth. Because that actually could be something that will lead them on. That constructive criticism mm. can be really helpful. It and really also, is. I guess it's like, it's sort of the same as the argument. Like, you can block out everyone in your life that has a different opinion to you and, you know, right. not try and, like, cut come closer to people with different political or social opinions than you but then it's like if you take it on yourself to like have conversations with people and be courageous and then maybe that's how the world can be changed and people can rather than being so far right or so far left or you know having completely opposing views people can actually find that gray area in the center where you know there's some sort of synergy so maybe it's just like having the courage to have hard convos it's so interesting what you were just saying though about the difference mm. of opinions and the disparity of those opinions and how that separates people because there's so much more that connects us like every human being mm-hmm. if you actually sit with another human being it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. they come from as far as that home life through to their education mm-hmm. through to their mm-hmm. political persuasion if you actually mm-hmm. sit down and talk about normal things pretty much 99% of the time you'll all want exactly the same and yet, yeah like you said often we'll avoid somebody or we'll ghost somebody because yeah. they don't necessarily fit with the 1% of something that's important to us. Yeah. But 99% of stuff that is important to you. It's like it's crazy like food, that we do that. Food, love, connection, yeah. shelter. Like everyone just wants that's to be exactly happy. It. Everyone wants their family and friends to be safe. Like I think if we could like connect over the 99%. But then the things that the things that people argue about is what gets the most media, the most press. It's what people want to post about on social media because it's it's interesting and there is those differences there. But then I suppose maybe that 99% is more just your daily life so it's not, you know, no exactly. one's posting their salad, their salad on Insta anymore. Everyone exactly. wants to talk about, like, stuff that, you know, is, exactly. is engaging. But, but, but And yet, like yeah. you said, 99% of our life is going to be spent sat across the table knowing whether we can connect and chat with this person and also paying the bills. No one's going to be walking in and saying, can I just know my political opinion about this this morning? It's like, 
people are going to be like, the school run, make sure the car's got petrol in. Fully. That's where <laughs> the actual importance lies. And somebody who you can do that with is really powerful. So yeah, yeah I think you're right. I think that mm. probably to add into the ghosting thing that you were talking about before, mm-hmm. the other part is, yeah, when somebody really does disagree with mm-hmm. one aspect of something that you might find important and they ghost you over that is such a shame. It's the same if you're the kind of person who thinks, oh, this person has just said mm. they're anti-vax, for example, right? Yeah. Why should that stop you getting on? That's yeah, yeah. Just so sad. It's so one it's point like, of view. I suppose right. also it's similar to like um, when we're talking about cancel culture and obviously we're talking yeah. about Maddie Healy before and he, I think, is great at – it, the thing is people are so multifaceted and they have yeah. so many different nuanced opinions and just because you might be anti-vax doesn't mean that you're not like no. pro-choice or something. It's yeah. sort of like people or have super different... healthy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of like, yeah, it's interesting that people can get cancelled for one thing, but then they can be offering so much value in another area. And it's like, yeah. we should view people as whole beings rather than maybe exactly. if they say one wrong thing. Exactly. And what would happen if you maybe didn't carry out that ghosting behaviour that you would yeah. archetypally do and you just saw what happened next? Yeah. And that's probably the best thing, isn't it? To think, okay, well, this is what I always do. And that ends up with me not being with the person of meaning. So maybe I could just think about another opportunity. And how you present on yourself. That. Yeah. Right, even have a discussion, like you said, like, yeah. right, back in like, oh, cool. Well, I feel like this and yeah. see how that is. Because then that gives you an opportunity to look at your conflict styles. And mm. it doesn't have to be says, negative either. Right. It can be like, it can be interesting. Like me and my ex, um, we were we had quite different political stand standpoints or points of view. And it kind of made for great discussion where yeah. I could teach him about, you know, different cultures or like different ways of seeing things and then he could show me and then we sort of came like we just agreed to disagree on stuff but it wasn't in like a negative or a toxic no. way it was actually really healthy um we're that broken up so now good. don't like him anymore but like you know what I mean it was actually um yeah it was quite quite interesting made dates really fun as well yeah, you go out and then you end up just like shouting across the table but in like a healthy well, like way. compatibility doesn't have to be that you agree with yeah. the subjects that yeah. you agree with. Compatibility, which is one of the key reasons people have long-lasting relationships, is just that you get on whilst you're doing or discussing or carrying out certain actions together. It's like it's so it's, it is. It's, it's we've got to a point where we've minimised to such a degree you know, what's what's important. We're forgetting that the maximising is what makes us happy. You know, like human beings are just multifaceted and multivariable and you never stop learning about yourself. So why would your partner ever stop learning about themselves? And that means you're evolving and changing. The core thing is, do I find them attractive? Do we seem to have, you know, an ability to have banter together? Right, let's go for a coffee and see what happens. It doesn't matter that they disagree with me on A, B or C, you know? Yeah, and like we said... No one's going to remember anyway. So no, exactly. Well, my husband was, years. was a meat eater. You know, I'm, I've yeah. never ate, I've not ate meat my entire <laughs> life. You know, my husband was a meat eater. Yeah. When he wanted to have chicken, I wasn't like, that's it. There's no <laughs> way we're going to be together. Like, he doesn't eat meat now, you know? Yeah. He decided in the long term that that wasn't going to be okay for him anymore. Uh-huh. But that was because I softly and gently introduced him to a world of possibilities without it. Yeah. And I'm a good cook, so we know we'll feed him. <laughs> there you go. He's getting jealous. But he now, yeah. like, became something mm. that if I forgot mm-hmm. to acknowledge change you know he didn't need to change you know he could mm. have carried on eating meat his entire life I would never have enjoyed him doing that but it would be okay because he's a great guy mm-hmm. imagine yeah. just 
rejecting somebody who's a great person because they don't fit my paradigm of perfect. Like my paradigm of perfect yeah. is impossible anyway. You know, I'll always find something yeah, else not, to make it doesn't more exist. perfect. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I guess it's just great to have an open mind and even outside of romantic relationships or whether it's to do with dating apps, it's, um, you know, just having an open mind and realising there's more to people than meets the eye and more than you discuss on the surface level as well. Like yeah. people have depth and, yeah, finding that. I really love that um, we've brought it back to that finding a grey area between the black and white. Like right. it's, not always, it's not always like positive or negative sometimes things can be both so all or nothing yeah. thinking is terrible thinking you should always be in the gray area definitely because love if you gray. have all or nothing you tend to have nothing a lot you know whereas yeah. if you like you said you go for the gray area that's mm. where all the exciting stuff lies and that's yeah. why everybody should really consider when they get ghosted when they get into that situation where they feel like things haven't worked out how they wanted them to work out good because mm. that's life yeah. Get used to it. That's okay. <laughs> the pursuance of just continuing in spite of that, yeah. the perseverance, that's what mm-hmm. will give you the rewards. So every yeah, knockback should be something that you're like, that's a great thing. It's just another little lesson in my life. And it's another thing that says, I really want this. Because you know, when you carry on going, in spite of things not working out, you know you really want it. And if there's one thing that's worth fighting for in life more than anything else, it's the pursuit of love. It really is. And it's just the most wonderful gift when you arrive. So why should it be easy? Why yes. should it be easy, you know? 100%. Oh, Emma, it's been so amazing chatting with you. And thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Pleasure. Um, hopefully I'll see you at Reading in the crowd. We'll oh, be watching to Maddie. How great is that? <laughs> I'm really jealous oh, of you. Yeah, really jealous. Yeah, thank but you. Leeds is closer to me, so that would be where I'd be in the rain. You'll be up in Leeds in the rain. I'll be down here in sunny, tropical London. I know. It's still <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my chat with Emma. Please let me know on my socials if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share. Peace. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Have a catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.